Hi, everybody. Before we get into this episode, I had to let you know, like I'm literally bursting at the seams, that on March 13th, Scouts Agency is launching something major. We have been working on this for months, all with the intention to serve your business expansion and catapult your brand awareness. Now, If you want to have first access at our early bird pricing plus access to bonuses, sign up on our waitlist at scoutsagency.com slash waitlist. There will be limited spots available, so if you've been ready to go from the plateaued business owner to the visible visionary, you're going to want first access. Again, that's scoutsagency.com slash waitlist. S-C-O-U-T-S-A-G-E-N-C-Y dot com slash waitlist to sign up for first access. I'm bursting at the seams and I know I have to keep this a secret for just a couple weeks longer, so cannot wait. Okay, let's get into the episode. Scout Sobel, and welcome to the Emotional Entrepreneur Podcast, the podcast where we talk business strategy while also vulnerably connecting on emotional resilience. As the CEO and founder of Scouts Agency, a female-focused agency where we get women as guests on podcasts, and someone who has suffered from, managed, and lived with bipolar disorder, the intersection of mental health and entrepreneurship is where I find my success. If you are here, it is because you are ready to feel safe in your emotions so that you can live your life of purpose. Let's get into the inspiration, shall we? Hello, and welcome back to the Emotional Entrepreneur Podcast. You have a sleepy scout today. I got my booster shot yesterday, so feeling, you know, a little fluey, a little under the weather, a little down, but had a packed day. Uh, if you follow me on Instagram, you know that today we started setting up the office, which I signed the lease on a couple weeks ago for Scouts Agency. And it feels so good when you set up a new space. Interior design is an area that I absolutely love. I don't, I don't think I'm a hundred percent comfortable in that medium. I know what I like. I know what I don't like. But as far as understanding spatial and you know. <clears throat> I don't even know what the word is, but being able to envision an entire space is not something that comes really, really easily to me. However, I am able to start picking, you know, these chairs and then this table and then I build upon um, a couple key pieces. So yesterday I was in, on Sunday, I was in Los Angeles. I had a very, very packed weekend in LA. I went up there because I was a guest on Alexis Haynes podcast, Recovering from Reality. So we recorded in person and that will be out in January, which I'm really excited about. We did a deep dive together on mental health. And then on Friday, I uh, recorded and filmed, I suppose, uh, a masterclass with, with Honors. So a masterclass on their platform featuring myself is going to come out in the new year as well, all around podcasting, the podcast industry, as well as emotional entrepreneurship. So I definitely had a heavy on quote unquote week in Los Angeles. I went out with my sister and some friends like went out, which I don't remember the last time I did that. You know, I went into the pandemic as a 28 year old and came out as a 30 year old and even at that point in my life, as I took on more responsibility with the agency, going out just kind of, it, it didn't, it's not that it didn't feel in alignment. 
it's just that it kind of took the back burner and I forgot how much fun it is to just experience joy for joy's sake with your friends to not necessarily hold the burden of responsibility so greatly in the off hours and let loose and dance and not care what people think about you and just stay up late and get burritos and watch sex in the city with your girlfriends and your sister. I think that many times in, or not many times, for most of my life, I have adopted a more serious approach to business and to my creative projects. But being able to be in the presence of my sister and friends and just have a girls night out in Los Angeles felt so good. Um, Me and Mads also recorded an episode of OK Sis in a studio, which felt amazing. And then on Sunday, I went to the Melrose Flea Market, which is one of my favorite flea markets in the world. I used to live in LA. I moved up there nine years ago when my mom moved up there. I lived with her for about eight months before I moved to Orange County to be closer to Adam, my husband, when we were first starting to date. And every single Sunday, we would go to the flea market. And I really wanted to go since, as I mentioned, I am moving into our Scouts Agency office. And I wanted to find pieces that were original and custom and told a story. So I found these four gorgeous chairs. Two were going to go into my private office and two were going to go into the podcast studio that we're building out in the office space, which is very exciting. I will have an official podcast studio so that I can record all the video. And, you know, I've been a, you know, I've been a professional podcaster for over three years. You'd think I'd get my shit together and get a studio space going. So that's finally happening for both OKSIS podcast and this podcast. So we're starting to build that out. And then I also bought these coffee table books, vintage coffee table books that I'm going to be uh, cutting out different pages, paintings, photography. I got a Picasso book. I got this book of old vintage um, Hollywood photos on set. And I'm going to create a beautiful gallery wall. So the vintage flea market, Melrose flea market trip was a success. It also allowed me to tap into my creativity a little bit. You know, I think that within the realm of business, we oftentimes can get so focused on the seriousness and potentially that survival route that gets threatened if something isn't going our way or if there is um, a misstep in the business or something unpredictable happened, whether you have problems with manufacturing or product, chain supply, employees, client work, you know, runs the gamut of fires that can happen as an entrepreneur. Tapping into my creativity and my joy is something that I'm really being called to and tapping into much more of a connection with an art and design, um, writing, poetry. These are all things that I really felt as if I started when my identity was being formed as a young kid. Creativity and art and aesthetics were something that really, really lit me up. So I am really excited to use this opportunity to adorn the office and things that inspire me to create an ambiance, a vibe, a welcoming energetic space that prompts me to walk in the door and feel powerful and yet creative at the same time. I really want to play with this idea of hardness and softness or masculine and feminine. I want to walk in and feel powerful and I want to walk in and just melt into my space and feel as if I can create whatever I need to create, whatever I want to create, 
whatever God has in store for me to create. So decorating this office has been definitely a creative process. It has ignited my creativity and I'm very grateful for that. So today, um, not feeling my best since I got my booster shot, me and the team, Danielle and Heather, started setting up a couple things. We have a couple desks in there already. We got some rugs. Obviously, shipping is a little crazy right now, so my beautiful desk won't come here till April, but we will make do. And slowly but surely, my goal is by March or April to have the office fully set up. I'm also excited within decorating this space and creating, creating, I just said space, but I'll say it again, creating a space that inspires as well as empowers me. I'm also really excited to dress up, to fucking dress up and walk into an office. I'm excited to not wear sweatpants. I'm excited to put some heels on, to put a button down on, maybe to do a mini dress, some skirts. I just you know, fashion for me has always been one of my first loves. It has been one of the first things that I turned to in high school to escape in many ways or to think about myself in different ways. I remember when my mom asked me where I wanted to go to college, I told her I wanted to go to college somewhere where I wouldn't be judged for wearing whatever I wanted. And what I meant by that was that fashion for me was a vehicle not to necessarily jump on the trends or feel as if I had to look a certain way, but I knew that I was in my place. I knew that I was in my not comfort zone, but in a supportive environment if I could be dramatic with my fashion choices and not be judged, but rather celebrated. I think that fashion has many avenues. It has the utilitarian uh perspective or need. Obviously, we need clothing to walk outside the door. But it also has a creative expression that can be pushed and pushed and pushed far past the limit limits of what we find to be normal, you know, daily wear. And so not that I am any sort of avant-garde out there fashion dresser, but I I really do enjoy a beautiful tailored and creatively put together look. So I'm also really excited to dress up and wear beautiful things and walk into an office and feel energized and inspired and empowered at the same time. So I'm really bringing in the senses, the visual senses into this office with the furniture that I choose, the art that will decorate the walls, as well as what I'm going to wear in that office. It's kind of like this full 360 sensory experience that I want my team to walk into and not only feel like as if they can get a good days of work in, but also that they enjoy being there. That productivity does not come at the expense of creativity. So that was a tangent that I was not expecting to go on in this episode, but that's where I'm at. That is what I've been doing for the last couple of days. If you follow me on Instagram at Scott Sobel, you can see the transformation of the office. I'm hoping to have it done, you know, as I said, in April, but I will be continuing to share uh, behind the scenes sneak peeks of new things we bring in and how we kind of get it all up and running. So Today's podcast episode is a Dear Scout episode. I saw that Lauren Everett's Bostick, who is the co-host of the Skinny Confidential podcast, I follow her on Instagram. She's a huge business expander for me. She's been doing this Ask Lauren um, series on Instagram stories where she puts up a question box and you ask for advice. I've also been listening to the Dear Gabby podcast, which is Gabrielle Bernstein's podcast, the woman who ignited and started my spiritual awakening. 
where people come on and ask her advice within their emotional and spiritual journeys. And so I decided to give it a go. So I posted on my Instagram earlier today asking if anybody needed advice. And I got some beautiful, beautiful questions. So I wanted to go through a couple to hopefully provide value and support back to all of you, the community who fills me up and supports me in ways that, you know, I really, really (laughs) never imagined you would all. So, okay. Let's start with Greta. Greta says, feeling like I have a lot of untapped creativity, how to tap into it. This is so perfect because obviously everything that I just talked about on this episode has a lot to do with me stepping into my creative space. I feel as if Greta, when we feel creatively unfulfilled or we feel as if we have a thirst for creativity that's not being quenched. It's because our routines, our habits, the way our mind's working, what we're seeking out, what we're getting curious about is potentially asleep. We're not actively searching for things that light us up. I know that when I was younger, I would read poetry all the time. I would write poetry all the time and I would read pretty quote-unquote dense historical literature and as I got older and jumped into my career and found entrepreneurship those creative daily moments with myself kind of took the back burner so I invite you to ask yourself where in your daily routine are you neglecting your creative curiosity and how can you implement just five to ten minutes of creative curiosity in And what I mean by creative curiosity is starting by writing a list of five things that make you creatively creatively inspired. In that list of five things, maybe it's art, maybe it's fashion, maybe it's TV, uh, you know, beautiful cinematography. How can you dive into one of those five aspects every single day for five to ten minutes? So for me, I would, let's say one of my things is poetry. So every single day, I can start my day by reading an Allen Ginsberg poem. I can start my day by reading a Charles Bukowski poem. In that, I can start to infuse myself in the world of others' creative energy. And then once you start infusing these micro moments, five to ten minutes a day, delving into the things that make you feel creative and inspired, then I would follow your curiosity and give yourself maybe 15 to 20 minutes a day to act on one of those creative curiosities. And don't act on it for an audience, don't act on it for profit, don't act on it for turning it into a business and monetizing, but really spend time for yourself that no one will see and engage in the creative exercises or activities that really, really light you up in just a purely curious way, in a purely curious, playful way. I think that if we have a lot of untapped creativity, we are just not prioritizing the expression of that creativity. And so adding in first these micro moments of others' creativity, poetry, film, fashion, Pinterest, there's so much, so much inspiration on Pinterest. And then once we do that for a couple weeks, seeing what feels good in our body to explore as an activity and then adding that in on a daily basis and I believe that by following your curiosity and trying things on and adding things into your rituals and routines every day that have a creative undertone, you will then start to exercise that muscle and begin to express that creativity in ways that you never even knew. It's something that I'm going through. I am craving a creative outlet and channel, and so I've decided to create it for myself. So 
that's coming soon, middle 2022. But it starts by indulging yourselves within these creative worlds and then choosing which creative curiosity you're going to follow for the sake of following and acting out just so you can infuse that into your daily life. Okay, let's move on to a more business question from Michaela. At one point, do I register as an LLC slash business? This is an excellent question. And I first want to put a disclaimer that I would definitely uh, advise with your CPA, with your accountant, whoever does your taxes, uh, for a more formal answer. But when I get this question, which I get this question often, I say that for me, whenever I've opened an LLC, I've always especially as someone who has kind of jumped into a bunch of different entrepreneurial pursuits, I always start it and wait a couple months to see if it is something viable. So for Scouts Agency, I started in February of 2019 and I opened the LLC in August of 2019. So that's about six months. It's about six months. In that six months, it became very clear that this was, you know, I quit my day job. This was going to be something that I was seriously pursuing. And I was thinking of bringing on a team member. And so once things looked very official, it was, you know, paying my salary. It was supporting me and my husband. That's when I decided to jump in and get an LLC. There is a fee for an LLC. I believe it's $800 or $900, which I believe you have to pay every two years. Again, uh, check all these facts with your accountant and definitely uh, go to his or her advice and counsel since they are the experts. But for me, if you're a first-time entrepreneur, I say try the business out. And if it's something that you're fully committed to and or the revenue that's coming in is quite great, then it's probably time to start looking into forming an actual business. And you can do LLC, you can do S-Corp. There's so many different types of structures of business. I chose an LLC. However, I believe my accountant wants me to move to an S-Corp. I'm not sure. I have to check that paperwork, which I was supposed to file. I've got to do that. So yeah, my advice there would be jump in make sure that this business is for you. And if you can see a long-term future and or you're seeing some revenue pickup, some business pickup, and it's something you want to invest in and really finalize within your life, that's when you officially open up. That's how I did it. That's my personal advice. However, everybody's different depending on the business, depending on the commitment, etc. Okay, Hannah says, I need to be better at telling my partner that I really need my alone time without feeling guilty. Oh, Hannah, I totally, totally get it because I need an immense and an enormous amount of alone time. I am in a very special situation with my husband where we are on totally opposite uh, schedules. So he gets home around eight-ish and I kind of get in bed by 8.39. So I really have, you know, after work until eight, until he gets home to be alone. He also wakes up much later than I do. So I get the whole morning to myself. And without those alone times, I would definitely go fucking crazy. So alone time is something that for me is a non-negotiable. And if me and my husband have a week off or we're together on vacation, uh, you know, I revel in our time together since we are on such opposite schedules that we don't necessarily we're not like in each other's daily lives. We're not in each other's faces all the time. 
But even then, I do make sure that I get some alone time because it's just the way that I recharge. It's just the way that I am able to keep the ship afloat. It's what fills my cup up. And so, you know, I would figure out, I don't know if you live with your partner or not, but if you live with him or her, I would definitely carve out a space in the house where you can just go to be alone. I would just let him or her know that this is not a reflection on your love for your partner. It is not a reflection on your commitment. It's not a reflection on them whatsoever. It's just something that you really need to do. And I think that within relationships, what comes first is us filling up our cup and us being or coming into the relationship at a place of groundedness and happiness. We are responsible for our own happiness. We are responsible for our own fulfillment. We are responsible for our own health mentally and physically, and our partner is not responsible for that. So in that responsibility, if being alone is what you need, then that's what you need non-negotiable. You don't have to feel guilty because it really doesn't have anything to do with your partner. In fact, it's just a way that you take care of yourself. You wouldn't feel guilty saying, hey, I got to go to a yoga class or, hey, I'm going to go to a spin class or, hey, I'm going to go do this meditation or I'm going to go out for a night with the girls. Having alone time is the exact same thing. It's just a different way that you take care of yourself. So I would definitely start reframing that alone time and what that means. I would start looking at it as just simply a thing that you need to do to take care of yourself, just like you maybe go to spin class or just like you meditate or just like you shower, you know, or take a bath, whatever it might be. Um, Having alone time is crucial. And I believe that if you want this partnership to not only work, but grow in a way that is so aligned and fulfilling for you, You need space to fill up your own cup so that you can come to the relationship as your full and highest self. And your partner will appreciate that if you're doing the work on your own to meet him or her in a place of really beautiful groundedness. So I hope that helps. Sam says, Dear Scout, how do I get out of a rut? Love you. Love you too, Sam. Uh, Right. I think being in a rut, the first thing is to accept that you're in a fucking rut. Accept that this is the season that you're at. This is the stage you are in. Sometimes when we're in a rut, it's almost like a precursor to burnout or like a sister to burnout, a cousin to burnout. It's related to burnout in the sense that your body, your imagination, your creativity, your productivity levels, your motivation is potentially telling you to slow down and rest. When I am in a rut, I don't try to force myself through because my body and my energy levels are asking me or telling me that something's off balance, something isn't sparking my imagination, something isn't exciting me in my life. And so instead of just hitting the pavement and doing the same thing over and over again, I really believe that I need to A, accept that I'm in a rut and not fight it or make it wrong or judge myself or make it mean anything about me other than I need a different stimulation. I need a different curiosity. I need a different inspiration. Um, so for me, when I'm in a rut, first accepting, as I just said, but then I try to see how I can get out of my familiar environment. Can I go work from a coffee shop? Can I take a day trip to Palm Springs? Can I go to the beach? How can I disrupt my daily routines and habits to force myself out of that comfort zone, out of that predictability and give my mind and my brain new stimulation, new experiences 
So Joe Dispenza, I'm reading his book, Becoming Supernatural, which really talks about epigenetics and the way our genes turn on and off. And I do not have the book in front of me, so I'm not going to get into the tangible parts of this. But in the book, he essentially says that in order for our mind to develop healthy proteins and become a healthy mind to create a healthy body, we need to not necessarily always go towards the predictable, but rather give ourselves new experiences so that our brains can get activated and excited by new things and new neural pathways can be created. That is probably the most basic way to describe his work. And I apologize if I got one of those words wrong because I am not a scientist. But I love the idea that your mind can get healthier and therefore your body can get healthier by taking it out of the same predictable pattern, the same chemicals that are firing based upon your daily routine and including a new scenario, a new perspective, a new surrounding, a new environment so that your mind can exercise itself in that way and get excited and lit up. This can be as simple as turning left on your daily walk versus turning right. This can be as simple as ordering a different drink at the coffee shop This can be as simple as changing coffee shops that you're working at, or it could be as drastic as going on a week vacation or getting an Airbnb in the neighboring town, doing a staycation, working from your parents' home, whatever it might be. I find that when I'm in a rut, accepting and then disrupting my daily automatic environment is so good because it activates my mind and then I get curious and excited and I am inspired by new creative things. I am exposed to just literally a new backdrop. Sometimes I'll go to Palm Springs for the weekend just to reset and be in a different environment than the four corners of my home and now the four corners of my office. So those are the two things I would recommend to get out of a rut. Accept that you're in a rut and not judge yourself or make yourself wrong for that. And then two, disrupt your daily routine, your daily ambiance, and your daily environment in a small way or a big way to retrain and reignite your brain's curiosity and inspiration. Okay, I will do one more before I wrap this session up. Plant the Seed Co. asked, how can I turn my confidence level up? I'm fine alone and then get anxious in public. I find that... Being anxious in public is something that we all experience. I think it's like this unspoken situation where we're all in public and we're all in social scenarios and then we go home and say to ourselves, did I fucking just say that? Or was I awkward? Or did I come across as confident? Was I weird, etc.? I remember talking to one of my closest friends. We went out together for dinner with some other friends and I thought that I sounded like a total fucking idiot. I did. And so I called her and I asked her, I said, did I sound weird? Did I stand on a line? Was I too much, et cetera? And she said, no, you're awesome. You're never awkward or weird or, you know, seem like you have social anxiety at all. Was I weird? Because I felt like I was weird. And so in that moment, it clicked to me that we are so self-critical and judgmental around who we are and how we're being perceived and what we sound like and what we say when in reality, we're all human beings who are trying not to fumble and we're trying not to misstep. I think the key to turning your confidence level up when you're in public is to 
allow yourself permission to misstep. Allow yourself permission to be awkward because all of us have been awkward at one point or another and all of us have misstepped in public. It's just a part of being human. I think when we get anxious in public, we are so afraid of the judgment of others, which I am definitely guilty of. I am constantly at times afraid of the judgment of others, but it's when you can break through those shackles and really the the chains of societal pressures and societal constructs that you can live within your full expression of joy and authenticity. Very rarely do, or very rarely I should say, well, maybe not very rarely because sometimes when you're fully in your authentic expression, it can trigger others and make others feel uncomfortable. But I believe that even triggering others because you are in your full authentic expression is a gift that you're giving them because you're asking them to step out of their comfort zone and their box to perceive and witness somebody else in a different way of being. So I believe that, especially in public, we all have these anxieties. We are all very self-critical. It's like we're watching ourselves interact with others and nitpicking every single word. I think that finding confidence comes from taking a deep breath and knowing that collectively we're all self-examining ourselves in these situations, but also giving yourself permission to be human. And if there's an awkward moment or you say something silly or quote unquote dumb that you perceive as dumb, that you, one, can recover. And two, it just makes you more lovable and more human. I think that we don't give ourselves enough permission to just be ourselves because we are so afraid of what others will think when we show them that. But when we are fully ourselves, we are fully expressed, fully embodied, and our life is in full alignment. And I don't believe that we should live our lives based off others' judgment and go off alignment in pursuit of others' perceptions of us. So I think to turn your confidence level up, I always like to find evidence Think about a couple social times where you felt really comfortable, where you bonded with someone, where you said the, the best thing of the night, where you were the star, and use that in your mind as evidence that you're really great in public. You're really great with people. You're really great with your friends. You're really great with people you don't know. If you have friends that love you, which I know you do, I know you all do, then that should be enough confidence to go into any situation And know that no matter how you act or what you say or what you do and what you think about it or what others think about it, that you are loved and that you have value to bring. Okay, everyone, that is all for me. I thought this episode was going to be a little bit on the shorter side, but it looks like we just went for half an hour. As always, thank you so much for being with me. And if you like this Dear Scout series, uh, send me a DM. Maybe we can do this once a month. I can keep posting these on my Instagram because the questions you all sent through were very beautiful. And I loved diving into these topics because whenever I do, it's always a reminder for myself what I need to work on, what I need to be reminded of. And so supporting all of you in turn helps me support myself as well. I hope this episode has landed with you in the perfect timing that you need it. I hope that it gives you the courage to chase after your dreams and purpose. If you are so willing, I would be honored if you would text this episode to a friend, if you would rate the podcast five stars and write a review, and follow me on Instagram at Scout Sobel. 
Over there, you can find links to sign up for my newsletter, which is also in the show notes, and get involved in all of my offerings, from Scouts Agency to OKSIS Podcast to this podcast. If you're looking for a deeper dive of my work, you can find my debut book, The Emotional Entrepreneur, on Amazon. I am so appreciative you are here, and I will see you on the next episode.